0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are with Zach Burkhard, episode 51. This is of Stone and Clay. This is our first guest with the new microphones, the new table, the new setup. Zach, do you feel honored? Do you I feel... feel s- n- do you feel nervous? Do you feel sweaty?
1: I feel like the most important person in the world right now, well, to you be lo- honest. You look like it. <laughs>
0: um, I, appreciate, I appreciate you being here. Thanks for inviting me. Here. Yeah, um... Zach is a good friend of mine that I've known for, I want to say, a couple years. Yeah. But our friendship didn't really take form until like a year ago. Yeah. And what was the catalyst for that? What What kind of took us to the next level, you think?
1: That's a good question. Because honestly, when, when I moved out to Utah, mm-hmm. I had heard your name from like, all the Cal Poly spikeball boys. Yeah, yeah. It was like you're moving to Utah. You're gonna meet Taylor Church and Creech and <laughs> Tyler Stokes and these. It's Tyler, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like all these like legends. So when I got out here, I think like the first two years that I knew you, I was like, that's like that's Taylor Church. it's <laughs> too cool for me, you know.
0: Right, and I'm sure I was. Oh,
1: 100%. And yeah. Yeah. Not everyone can pull off a, a tank top like this guy can during a spike ball tourney. No. So um, I think it was I think it was actually when I had you give you that private lesson. Oh, and yeah. And then we yeah. hung out for a little bit after that, mm-hmm. just chatting. And then I talked to you at one tournament on St. George for a little bit. And then beyond that, dude, we just got talking on, like, crystals and energy work and all that stuff that (laughs) you're asking me about and then ghost towns and rock hounding and yeah all this stuff and
0: oh i'm trying to remember the the night it kind of clicked for me that i was like oh zach's a hood rat like (laughs) like 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 i like zach like he's he's my kind of like he's my people yeah yeah was at rock canyon and i was telling you about some trip I went on or some, some, yeah. some ghost town I saw.
1: Dude, it was, um, it was your pictures at Factory Butte.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. With
1: your buddy who's a weatherman.
0: Right. Right. Cause I'd
1: asked you, I was like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, we kind of started talking about going out and exploring together. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then we finally did. We did. Yeah.
1: We had a great adventure. Yeah. So,
0: so Zach is like a, what do you what do you what does the community call it? You're a rock hounder? Rock hounder. That's yeah. what everyone says. Uh huh.
1: Or a rock hound.
0: Okay, so yeah. that just means you go and find rocks and geodes and crystals and stones and
1: pretty much, yeah. Fossils, I mean, petrified wood,
0: yeah, whatever. Um minerals, is that yeah. something you'd say?
1: Yeah, anything that, that looks cool. Okay.
0: <laughs> what's what's your like what what is what is the, the white whale to you? The ultimate Stone rock you could find that would just it'd mean everything to you
1: that's a hard question <laughs> yeah
0: <clears throat> obviously like it might depend on the size and like right. the quality but if there was if there was one find yeah like you're deep in the the <clears throat> Congo or something and you're digging and you just you strike gold what is that what does that look like for you
1: dude it's honestly. be be honest that's like a 50 50 toss-up between two things Mm -hmm. so most popular everyone knows it turquoise yeah i love turquoise Uh i um there's something about it that's like my favorite color um it feels good it's just like occurs in
0: when you find when you find it is it kind of glossy like you find it on jewelry
1: Depends on what kind of piece you get. Mm-hmm. If you get like a, call it like a nodule or like a little nugget mm-hmm. and you like break it open, it can look like you see it on jewelry Okay. or it can just fully look like a little rock that has like a little hint of blue in it and you need to kind of polish it out to okay. get that face out of okay. it. Okay. You know?
0: So, but you found your share of turquoise.
1: I've found a handful of it. Yeah. Um, is it, it kind of rare? It's super rare. Okay. It's super rare. I. How um, come
0: all the Indians have it? <laughs> Cause is it, cause like, they
1: own most of the, uh, they own most of the mines. Okay. Yeah.
0: Are most of the mines in like the four corners area? Yeah. Arizona. Where there's a lot Colorado. of native Americans.
1: Uh huh. And then my favorite place to go look for it. Cause it's a little less picked over is, um, like near Tonopah, Nevada. Okay. Or, uh, like silver mountain, the pilot mountain range in Nevada. Okay. And those
0: are more, those are like, anyone can go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's plenty like paid tours out there Mm -hmm. um like i my first time i went and dug turquoise was um with the audison family they're like they're from the netflix specials called turquoise fever they own a ton a ton of mines out there Mm -hmm. and they do like pretty fairly priced day digs yeah um but if you go up towards like the pilot mountain range or like silver mountain um there you can find little pieces of it kind of just like in the wild my passion is more in like with any kind of rock hunting, it's more in like the Indiana Jones like treasure hunting aspect yeah. of it than it is about getting the actual thing. Okay, it's like if I do my research and read this and look at this geological survey and can I identify these minerals in the area, then I can find this. And then going out and finding it is like mm-hmm. the sickest thing. Yeah, you yeah, know?
0: yeah, yeah. It's kind of this a whole journey for you, right? Yeah. Right. So for you, and you said that's there's a, there's another stone, but maybe if you just found a Big old slab of, of turquoise. Oh, yeah. That, that would be would, all time, yeah. dude. Absolutely all time. <laughs> okay, yeah. so what's what's your other one?
1: The other one, it's a Utah native stone. Mm. This is the only place in the world you can get it. It's called Tiffany Stone.
0: Tiffany Stone.
1: And what that is is opalized fluorite with bertrandite and a bunch of other random brilliant minerals. In wow. It. Um. So they pulled out of a brush brilliant mine um, over in Spore Mountain. It's like west of Delta by, I think, I want to say like 80 miles Mm -hmm. super far underground. That's the only place in the world they've found it. And now if you want to find it, you basically have to like scavenge the area like hardcore. I'm talking like you're walking around with like buckets and your pickaxe and your shovel, like hiking all day, really every day. And And you you maybe
0: find a tiny little, yeah,
1: you maybe find like one little
0: sliver. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: nothing even significant enough that you could do. What does it, what does it look like? Um, it's like, so that's, that's the cool part about it. They're really nice Is it opaque? Stuff, like translucent. Yeah. Some pieces can be, <clears throat> um, the prettiest pieces for me are like, they're very, very dark purple and they mm-hmm. do have a little bit of translucency with some opal running through it. Okay. Um, you can find it in green, you can find it in red, you can find it in yellow, you can find it black, you can find it white. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can you can walk all over there. That's like the Rockhound's coveted um, stone from Utah. Mm-hmm.
0: And you don't need any, like, permitting or permission to, to go out there?
1: If you're going to collect over a certain amount, mm-hmm. and if you're going to, like, sell it commercially, then you do. Okay. You do need one.
0: But it's be, it'd be rare to find that much, right?
1: Oh, dude, if you found that much, like, you're talking, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So there's
0: no point in even trying to get permitting or whatever because you're like, we're not going to find that much. You're not, no. Yeah.
1: Like we found we found a pretty fruitful um, dump site from that mine mm-hmm. where they had pulled out pounds and pounds of the stuff and just dumped it along the side of the road. Yeah. Um, and we were able to track that and kind of look back into even bigger sites and bigger sites, kind of like, it's like the breadcrumbs, you know, like yeah, Jack yeah. and Jill, you're like, there's purple, there's red, like as you're walking back and back up this canyon, like yeah. up this old road and you kind of like, we came upon this little dumping site and it was the most fruitful place i've ever seen it and even then it was like you're talking quarter sized mm, chunks wow so
0: yeah. yeah well cool well that's cool that utah is such a just a haven for this place this stuff
1: oh man this is hands down you can ask any rock hound mm. utah nevada arizona are the best states for rock hounding
0: like are they the best spots like in the world or just in the states
1: Honestly, I think a lot of people would agree that there's some of like the top tier spots in the world. Wow. Um, you get a lot of really cool minerals coming out of like Morocco and mm. other places in like the Middle East yeah. or West Africa or some provinces in China have mm. really, really pretty stuff too. But as far as like diversity plus quality yeah. that you can find here, Utah's it's really, really hard to beat with yeah. anything.
0: Do you have like an international like place like, bucket list, like a spot you'd want to go more than anything Madagascar. Really? 100%.
1: Wow. Yeah. That was also like my favorite movie as a kid. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh,
1: so, like, growing up kind of, and like, I don't consider myself like a full adult yet. You know? Sure. So, like, growing you're, you're up. You're kind of a like,
0: late bloomer. I got that. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You
1: know me. Dude. Yeah. So, kind of like growing up and like having this infatuation with, rocks and stones and crystals and then finding out that madagascar is like another haven for really Mm. really really unique stuff yeah coupled with like my childhood love of that movie okay those movies i'm like i have to go to madagascar
0: so yeah i i feel like i've heard madagascar it's almost like it's kind of like galapagos island like very unique flora and fauna and obviously and apparently very unique like minerals and stuff
1: yeah i want to say I forget the number. I, I want to say it's like over 85% of the plants and animals there are indigenous oh, wow.
0: to Madagascar. That's cool. So, um, dude, I actually wanted to ask you about this. So I saw this Joe Rogan podcast Yeah, and he's talking to this. Um, I think he was a journalist, but he was talking about cobalt. Okay. And I guess... I guess every smartphone needs cobalt in a battery. Interesting. Um, and they mine it in uh, the Congo. Okay. Um, but he showed these videos, and the mining there is just, it's insane. There's a lot of, like, um, like there, there's a lot of corruption. A lot of people mm. are, like, they're, like, making, like, a dollar a day maybe, and they're, like— the lot of like grown men and children like barefoot it's really dangerous right and it was just crazy because he was saying like but everyone needs like like everyone has a smartphone right right so you can say what you want about like oh I don't support this company because they have human rights violations they're like well if you have a smartphone like that's happening right and um I was, I was just curious if you'd heard anything about that or
1: like with cobalt specifically, yeah. or with like other
0: yeah other others too. I don't know a lot about mining, but
1: yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, that's because
0: because actually... real quick because you. I feel like a lot of people have heard about like blood diamonds, right? Right, and kind of that absolutely that issue in in Africa and Sierra Leone and, and other places, um, and I'm I'm sure similar with gold, but um, but yeah, like cobalt you 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 don't think about that no no
1: i think it's like it's really interesting to look at something like that and i feel like this is like such a common thing to say or like stereotypical but it's wild to see what money or a handful of cash can do to a person's ethics and morals Mm -hmm. with cobalt for example or with blood diamonds or in the oil industry um it's wild to see because it's, it's not unique to blood diamonds or cobalt. It's literally anything that can turn a profit, especially in mining. Yeah. Um, And that's actually why if you start to venture into energy work a little bit more, like I've dedicated the last three years of my life to like in-depth study and like certifications in that realm Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, And when you kind of venture into that, you gain an appreciation and it's almost a necessity now for me to make sure that the, pieces of rock or stone or crystal that i am buying whether it's for me to wear whether it's to make for someone are 100 percent ethically sourced
0: okay that's cool
1: as well as like i can tell them where it came from mm-hmm. i can preferably if it's something that i mined and made into a ring or something for someone then i can show them a video of like this is it getting pulled out of the ground you know it was ethically sourced yeah there was nothing like sketchy going right on, right you know? yeah Cause I, I genuinely believe that like the energy in which something is pulled from the earth will follow it yeah, forever.
0: That's cool. So. And, and listen, these topics are complicated because like when you're talking about human rights violations and like, like terrible working conditions, it's like, well, these people like also like the locals there that are working in the mines, they are, are probably, they're grateful for the mines. Right. Right. Because it's. Mm-hmm their only source of, of income. There's not a lot out there. And obviously the owners and the multi, like those huge corporations that own the mines, China, um, there's a lot of corruption involved. Absolutely. But, you know, shutting down the mines and eliminating cobalt, I don't think is necessarily the answer. Mm -mm. Right. And and I'm not, I'm not proposing like, Hey, like let's figure out the answers right now. Yeah. 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 Um, but but yeah it's interesting um and y- and you make a good point that like anything that's a commodity right is is you know people are going to take advantage of of things if money's involved 100% but um I'll have to sh- I'll have to show you after the video it's it's pretty insane just like thousands and thousands of people in these mines like barefoot they're really? working 16-hour 18-hour days you know it's just yeah. it's crazy but um Okay, so that that leads me to my next question. You're talking about energy work and stuff, and here's what I like about you. Yeah. (laughs) I like, because listen, I don't know anything about energy work. Uh I've never done it. I'm a little, if anything, skeptical about it. Absolutely. But what's interesting about you is I feel like most people in your position are very much non-religious and uh-huh. very much spiritual. Right, right. Right. And for some reason, they have a hard time, um, they have a hard time with organized religion. Uh-huh. And and because I think a lot of these people, they find spirituality in the rocks, in the energy work, yeah. in the crystals, right? Yeah. And you do too. Absolutely. But you also find your spirituality and your, your anchor in... In Christianity, in Jesus Christ, in in your organized religion, Uh so is has that been kind of difficult for you, or has that just been kind of a natural way you've arrived at things?
1: Um, That honestly, that whole journey is that's a large part of the last three years. Yeah, Um, I'm really, really grateful to um, my family, a lot of my close friends, a lot of the mentors I've had within my religion and without my religion mm-hmm. um, that have given me a lot of uh, patience and support and helped me to arrive to this point. Because I think you're totally right. Um, that's one of the most common conversations and questions that I'm asked by by people. Yeah.
0: I bet a lot of people assume you're not really religious anymore. 100%. Because you're, you're rocking crystals and you're burning sage and you're yeah. doing weird stuff. 100%. <laughs>
1: I'm making big bonfires in the desert and exactly. recreating Burning Man. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. Just <kidding. laughs> Yeah, what a! Um, I'm curious from so from someone that's not involved in that. What is your initial mm. perception of that whole realm? As someone who is, and mind you, like I started off as the biggest skeptic yeah. of that stuff you've ever met in your yeah. life, and I've kind of come full circle, right? So from your point of view, um, what is kind of your view of that realm, of that field of
0: peace? Um, I'm not sure. I think I think I generally am a little skeptical, but to me, like whatever gets you closer to peace, whatever gets you closer to your higher power, whatever helps you in your journey to me is great, right? Mm. So I don't have any problem with it. Um Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, okay, like, I don't know that you rocking a crystal is really changing your life. Um, but if you think it is, great. Like, yeah, it's yeah. almost like a placebo effect. Yeah. In, like, to me. Um, and listen, I believe in the power of placebo effects. You know, I, I think they're very real. Yeah. But, um, but I also believe that God, like, created nature uh-huh. and and stones uh-huh. and, and stuff like this. And so I don't doubt that there's certain powers and energies within them. Right. Um, I, guess, I guess when people throw around the term energy, mm. it gets really, like, ambiguous and murky to me because I'm like, what does that even mean? Right. Right? And people <laughs> talk about, like, let's do some energy work. And I'm like, why don't you just go see a therapist? Right. Right? right. And... Burning sage is cool, it smells better, but I'm not sure what that's really doing. Yeah. Um, But again, like, I don't have a problem with it. Um, But I think what happens, and there's nothing wrong with, like, being just spiritual, not religious. But I think what a lot of, what I have a problem with is when people that are just spiritual, not religious, uh-huh. they think there's a problem with being religious. Right. Right? Because they but to me their religion is just their energy work right or their their crystals and it's not organized religion right so it's it feels different for them but it it's funny cuz people will say like oh like how could you believe like some some spirit in the sky created you and and you're going to go there when you die and i'm like
1: how could you believe that rocks on the ground could heal you <laughs> exactly <Right. laughs> like
0: like listen both are far-fetched right, right. I'm, I'm here to admit that right now like and i think both require an element of faith uh-huh. you know like i think most people believe in things that are far-fetched uh-huh. are not um yeah they're, they're not they're not common right um so yeah i like I said, I respect you because I feel like most people can't do both (laughs) what what you're doing. Uh I feel like anytime somebody really religious is getting into the stuff you're getting into, I feel like they leave religion behind and this becomes their new, you know, their new form of worship.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, so how do you marry the two?
1: That's a good, uh, that's a really good way of putting it. And I, I resonate with everything you said because that, that's essentially the same position I found myself in just a little, a little over three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like dead on, I would have probably shared the exact same things that you did. Yeah. Um, my My sister in law is actually the one that really got me into it. Yeah. And having been fresh off of an LDS mission, um, I came home in some ways pretty rigid in what I thought as far as like being open-minded and what I thought was the right way and what I thought needed to happen for X, Y, and Z to make sense or whatever it was. Um, At the same time, there was another deeper part of me. Um, I served in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. and I was really, really fortunate to have the opportunity to cross paths with a lot of uh, Eastern religions, Mm -hmm. whether that was Islam or um, Hinduism. Bro, I just got back from India. I know. I'm way jealous (laughs) that you were there. So Hinduism, Mm -hmm. Buddhism, um, and growing up is, I would consider myself a very, very rigid, like Latter-day Saint growing up. Yeah. Like very much like that kid. Kind of letter of the law. Yeah, dude. Like seminary class president. I was the president. We call it the Mormon club, like (laughs) at my high school. It was the Mormon club. The, yeah, the Mormon club. Mm -hmm. but it was like all the Mormon kids, would, all the members of the Church, yeah. Jesus Christ, would just get together. Like,
0: how many were there
1: at my high school? Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know, like ten or eleven. <laughs> Sounds like a bitching club.
1: It was wild. Dude. <laughs> the parents would bring pizza and stuff. It was sick.
0: Okay, nice. I was
1: the president of that club. Yeah. Like I was like, you know, that was me. I was going to BYU after I got home from my mission. I was yeah. like, that kid from the stake that had kind of like, I checked all the boxes mm-hmm. you were supposed to check yeah. and, and got out there. And I realized that um, my first encounter teaching um, an Indian family, actually um, sweetest people I'd ever met l- literally in my life. Yeah, I realized halfway through the lesson that they had so much more to teach me than I feel like I could ever offer to them mm.
0: in so many ways. Yeah. And well, you felt you you felt like a wisdom coming from them, a hundred percent, or just some some knowledge radiating. Yeah, yeah.
1: just more more manifest in the way that they live their lives. It's mm-hmm. it's one thing to be a good Christian while you're on your mission. Yeah, it's another thing to live a wholesome, helping, serving Christian life when that's not even the religion you belong to. Yeah. Um, so that really opened my mind to um, Hinduism, a lot of those beliefs and whatnot. Mm-hmm then had the opportunity in my next area to teach a handful of buddhist families yeah um and my last area we met the sickest muslim family like you've ever met they were so cool yeah. dude. they were so so cool <laughs> um so i came home like i said pretty rigid in some ways but in other ways i was like man like there's there's a lot of stuff that i don't know yeah that i wish i did know and i'm going to learn those things yeah yeah so started reading um, the Quran a little bit, mm-hmm. started listening to some of like the teachings of like the Dalai Lama okay, and yeah. like kind of, you know, kind of like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you were just in India, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know how those people are. You went yeah. to the Taj Mahal, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're very, very expressive with mm-hmm. their religion and how they live things. And yeah. I think it's awesome. The colors, the music, the right. culture, the traditions yeah. they have there. It's very Outward, almost like in your face when you're not from there. Yeah, yeah. And it's really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, what I liked about it is I felt like they were very enthusiastic about like incorporating these white tourists into it. Yeah. And not being like, okay, don't try to like mimic us. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I went to an Indian wedding and they were like, here, like wear this and wear this and wear this turban. And here's a red dot on your forehead. Really? Yeah. And That's so cool. And I thought it was cool because I feel like people, people especially in America get so like concerned about like cultural appropriation. Right. And I'm like, no, dude, these people like were stoked that we were dressing up like them.
1: Absolutely. You know? They want to share it with yeah, you. Yeah,
0: yeah. And they're so, what I gathered from them is they're so um, just peaceful. Yeah. You know, so peaceful and so... um. Yeah, just, just centered and mindful. Mm. Yeah. And obviously, you know, that that's part of their religion, but um, it was everyone I came in contact with. Right. You know, and that,
1: those attributes, that like manner of living mm-hmm. was, I think, the biggest eye opener for me in meeting with these people. Yeah you got on a mission or you grow. up, it doesn't matter what religion you are. You are raised in a religion. You're raised with a certain way of thinking and it's difficult to open your mind to those things. Yep. But these people were so God sent and such incredible examples in their respective faiths hmm. that it was impossible for me to not recognize how good and how incredible their experience with their religion had been for them. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, that point of my mission you know like you're you're an arrogant young missionary and you think you're gonna go teach people and you think you're gonna help people find god or whatever it is you know that you're supposed to be doing as a missionary but i think it's at that point that i realized like you gotta sit down and be humble and recognize that you're a messenger for something that's done good for you and like you said find value in things that have done good for other people Mm -hmm. too yeah totally um so i got home from that experience um half of me was rigid, right? Half of me was very open-minded. I remember I was having this conversation with my sister-in-law. It's like, dude, it's one of those, I'm not even going to tell the whole story. (laughs) We're talking about crystals. She's very into it. Has Mm -hmm. been for a long time. Um, we're talking about it and like something just like clicked in me. Well, I was like holding this, it was Moldavite. Okay. This little, it's like, it's a Czech Republic meteorite. Mm. that hits the sand in this specific area and it creates like an olive color like meteorite glass splash crystal so cool because the meteorite's hot coming in yeah so it hits the sand it makes this okay leak. real quick right
0: i feel like i read somewhere and this is probably the most reductive like definition of anything in the world but i feel like i read that glass is basically like lightning hitting sand right or something like that yeah help me understand
1: Yeah, 100%. So any kind of extreme heat source Mm -hmm. striking the sand will create that glass. Mm -hmm. So this moldavite is basically it's a meteorite that struck the sand in the Czech desert and created all these massive shards of glass that look really cool. They're green. They're like really like trippy, like sandy texture. So that's
0: really cool because it means that there's like always like there's always particles being added to the earth.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. You
0: know, like, like obviously like plants always die and, and regrow, but you don't think of like rocks regenerating. No. Right. You know,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Well, and like how many things enter the atmosphere that we don't even know about. Yeah. Or how many like heating and cooling reactions over time have formed things that we can't even imagine discovering underneath what we know as like the surface. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm holding this little piece of moldavite and like, like fully, like just to be transparent, like fully bashing my sister. I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, I can't believe you buy into this crap. Like I like, what do you, what do you say to that? You know, like I'm holding a stone and she's like, this does this. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, okay. Like for sure. Dude. And I like start to like feel something from it. And I'm like mid sentence, like this is bull crap. And I'm like, wait, like, wait, like I really like I feel something. Like right <laughs> now.
0: Like, well, what do you, what do you, what did you feel?
1: So I was holding it in my hand mm-hmm. and I like just started to feel like this really trippy, like tingle in my palm. Uh-huh. And it was then followed by like this sensation. Yeah, of I should heat. have asked
0: you to bring some moldavite.
1: I know. Like, <laughs> no, I wish I had something that was expensive. <laughs> okay. So like it was tingling and then it mm-hmm. was heat. And then I was like, like I said, mid sentence and I was like, uh, wait like something's happening yeah yeah so then she picked it up and like put it on my forehead dude in my mind was like (laughs) remember like the first sip you ever took of like a red bull or a monster (laughs) energy drink you get that like head rush you're like oh my gosh dude like i found the holy grail sure yeah right red bull (laughs) so um she like put it on my forehead and like no joke dude it like sent this like shock like throughout my body and oh, i was really? like whoa like seconds after i was the biggest skeptic mm-hmm. so critical of her she like puts this on my forehead and i'm like dumbfounded dude like <laughs> why died like what just happened to yeah. me? i was feeling so passionate about this thing and now my mind is like fully changed
0: and were you already into like geology and stuff not at all not at all this was this oh was wow the start of that. i mean because you're like deep into it now i'm deep dude. like not only are you into like your energy work and burning sage and getting goofy with with crystals oh, yeah. but you like know the names of everything <laughs> you know your stuff
1: yeah i mean it's funny i'm majoring in exercise and wellness mm-hmm. about to graduate and yeah. it's like i unashamedly spend majority of my in-class time just reading old miners journals <laughs> and reading geology logs and yeah. geological surveys and yeah. stuff because that's where my heart is yeah. you know um so yeah this is kind of this is kind of the start i mean beyond when you're a kid like you go on a hike you pick up a rock and like
0: yeah, all for kids me, love rocks.
1: I had three older brothers, like they're great targets for the rocks I was picking up. Sure, so pick up rocks as ammo for when your brothers start beating on you. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. So
0: I just had sisters, so okay, you're not allowed to beat. Hopefully here. you weren't yeah, throwing rocks. No, at them. no, you can't <laughs> stun your sisters
1: these days. Yeah, no, no, not anymore. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, beyond beyond that, as a kid, just like, oh, this rock's shiny, this is cool. Oh, I'm gonna throw this at my brother, or oh, I'm gonna throw this at that tree over there. Mm-hmm um this was really the start of like the infatuation with rocks yeah um i remember my sister takes this piece of moldavite walks it back in the house comes back out and she's like are you ready to have a adult conversation <laughs> and i was like yeah i was like i i'm persuaded a like, rock intervention let's chat yeah. you know so she brings out some more crystals i'm like at this point i just want to touch everything i want to yeah. like bear hug everything and like cradle it like it's a baby you know so she's bringing all these things we're talking like hey whatever like let's let's like let's dive into this let's go to a crystal store like let me go pick some stuff out yeah it's like go buy a couple of crystals like i bought a piece of citrine i bought a piece of appetite and i bought a piece of calcite and Mm -hmm. those are like my three core crystals that i started with yeah um long story short that infatuation did not end (laughs) yeah yeah at home Uh i moved out here was like so so into the energy aspect of the crystals mm-hmm. believing that this can do this for me or this can help with this yeah. or more than anything it's just like the earth's gift to you mm-hmm. and like i'm privileged enough to be holding this thing that has been hidden from humanity for millions of years yeah like how cool is that yeah you know? yeah so faturation grows eventually that next summer um i ended up going down and spending about a month month and a half in uh mexico in the baja desert in todos santos um at a little retreat center called yandara and i was there for about three and a half weeks four weeks doing my um, reiki energy work uh certification oh, okay it's like an intensive thing we were there for Yeah, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, so Reiki is, like,
0: putting hot stones on people? No. No, what's that?
1: No, so Reiki is, it's, like, full, like, in-aura energy work. It's, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, Reiki is the thing that, like, skeptics make fun of. Right, right. It's, like, oh, like, your energy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, dude, those weeks Mm -hmm. at that institute were... As impactful as my mission in almost every single way. Really? Wow. Absolutely. Um number one, like it was a full, like open air, like barefoot commune.
0: Okay. I was yeah. the
1: only dude down there.
0: Yeah. Um You people hate shoes.
1: No, people hate shoes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna I'm gonna buy in yeah, hundred uh-huh. percent. Um I wasn't actually the only dude down there. I was the only straight dude down there. Okay. I made like
0: So the gays love they love energy, okay. work too, for okay.
1: the, not stereotyping for the most part. Okay. I actually like came out of that trip. One of my like best friends to this day, I still talk to him all the yeah. time. His name is Pascal. He's from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. We like chat on Messenger and WhatsApp like every day because yeah. we're just tight by the end. Yeah, um, so I'm down there with all these like 50 and 60 year old ladies living <laughs> in a Mexican commune <laughs> in the desert on the beach. Like, yeah. imagine me, dude. Yeah, like I'm just in it, right? And I just decided, you know. I'm down here pursuing something that I'm genuinely interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fully buy into it. Yeah. I'm going to do everything the instructor tells me to. I'm yeah. going to go to yoga three times a day. I could and not. Were, and
0: were you skeptical, like, with certain things at first? Because you were like, oh, these crystals are dope and everything. But were you like, okay, why like why do we have to be barefoot to receive all this energy? Yeah. Why, why do we have to do yoga all the time? Why do we have to read tarot cards? Because like, there's a lot of levels to, like, these things. I feel like there's a lot of... If you're into this, you're also into this and this and this and this. Yeah, yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. No, that's interesting that you bring that up too because I almost, I did feel like it was like baptism by fire down there. You're going for one thing and automatically like outside of class, what is everyone else talking about? They're talking about this and this and this that are like years beyond what I'm even like
0: familiar with, you know? And I'm sure they're slacklining. Yeah.
1: Oh, dude, <laughs> slack lines, hammocks, yeah, yeah. this, this complex, it was like, dude, like it was the real deal. Mm-hmm. Like we had to like help them farm. Yeah. Like every day. Wow. Go like harvest, like nopales, like mm-hmm. cactus leaves. Mm-hmm. All the food there was like hundred percent vegan. Yeah. No added sugar, like gnarly. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, I was <laughs> in it. Dude. Right. There was like no doors to the bathroom or showers. Like you're just like, you're full commune life. Wow. So um, I I go about these three weeks, and like I said, as impactful in every way as my mission—not mm-hmm. in every way, but in the same amount of ways as my mission. Sure. I really count that in my mission as like Turning the biggest points. shapers of who I am today. Mm. I, I attribute to that. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting because I was actually down there with um, three different people that had all come from, uh, super Christian backgrounds Mm -hmm. and had drifted away from that. Yeah. Um, two of them were actually from Utah. So you Mm -hmm. can guess what religion they were. Um, and it was really interesting. So we're going around introducing ourselves and I told everyone that I lived in Provo currently and was attending BYU. Mm -hmm. It was like, what,
0: how'd you find us? What are
1: you doing here? (laughs) Like, why are you here? You know? And I had a lot of Conversations with specifically the two that were members of the church before mm-hmm. and had like fully left it like full anti. Yeah. Um, they had challenged me on a lot of things while we were there. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you be doing this when you believe in the church? How yeah. can you be doing this if you read the Book of Mormon too? Mm-hmm. And it was at the time I wasn't stoked. Yeah. But looking back, I am really, really grateful that they started this journey off planting those questions in my mind because mm-hmm. it has helped form the view that I have. Yeah. Today.
0: It helped um, you like kind of work out what you believed and why.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. It was like I was assuming I'd have the opportunity to push these questions off until I got home mm-hmm. or maybe a couple months into the journey. Yeah. And um no dude, they came out before the journey <laughs> really even started. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that certification, um, came home, was really, really invested in it. Um, walked around barefoot after that, for probably like three months, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, like full on, like, yeah. um, and the infatuation just kind of continued to grow. Mm-hmm. And there was probably about eight months, maybe a little bit longer where I was definitely drifting towards a crisis of faith mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I felt like there was eight months where, I was very distant from God and felt like I could find my peace and my refuge in this new spiritual modality. Yeah.
0: Of, and it's, and to be frank, it's probably easier. 100%. Right? Because there's no, like, there's no written prescribed, like, moral code. There's no structure. Right. There's no structure. There's, you you know, you're, you're doing this and you're feeling good. You're feeling peaceful, but there's no yeah there's there's no structure there's no doctrine there's no
1: it's the opposite in almost every way of organized religion yeah yeah. it's free religion Mm -hmm. where like you said you're doing things that make you feel good Mm -hmm. and that's all you're really after is be a good person be accepting Mm -hmm. help other people and feel good yeah and granted like that's a super refreshing way to live for a little bit sure um, that way of living becomes very, very um, meaningless, though, mm. after a little bit. Yeah. When you're chasing after what you want mm-hmm. and you feel like you're not really working towards anything yeah. because there's not a structure to live by. Um, it's just kind of me, a, a
0: selfish life.
1: It is. It's very selfish. And I think it's really interesting because the word selfish is the last thing that anyone in that crew would. Like, describe themselves as. Yeah.
0: Because they're very community driven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And not saying that they're bad people, because they're great people. And living in the community, it was like, I'm going to go out in the desert with these ladies and we're all going to harvest cactus. Yeah. And we're going to cook it and eat it together.
0: Right. So it doesn't, that feels very selfless. Super
1: selfless. Yeah. You're creating this community, but at the end of the day, it's like, beyond what you're contributing to your community, Mm -hmm. how are you serving other people? Yeah. Where is your, reach to your family or your friends that Mm -hmm. are not directly in there that are not eating the leaves that you harvest. Yeah. 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 Or eating the fruit that you found, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's kind of where, where it stops. That's
0: a good metaphor too.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I was saying those, um, those questions came out at the beginning. It drove me to have that eight. I honestly want to say now it was more like a year. Mm -hmm. Where I was very distant, really wasn't doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was saying, you kind of, you start to feel like a very empty happiness. Yeah. It's like everything's all good. Yeah. Really, like genuinely, everything's all good all the time. Yeah. when that's the kind of life you're living. Right.
0: Because a lot of it's just kind of pleasure seeking in a way. It's exactly. Like not saying that it's like hedonistic. No, but you know,
1: in a lot of ways, it, it very much so is.
0: Well, because a lot of these people will get into... Um, drugs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And and they're 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 natural, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of these people get into like psilocybin and mushrooms and uh-huh. stuff like that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which that's a whole other rabbit hole we sure. can jump down later. <laughs> sure. But, um, no, it's a it's a real thing, and um, I think that um, a lot of them have found ways to still be purpose driven mm-hmm. and still have goals and whatnot, and I respect the heck out of them because. Yeah. I was saying, it, it really is an all good lifestyle. Sure. You wake up every day and you find, I mean, if you can find joy in rocks. Sure, sure. You can find joy in just about anything. Yeah, yeah. You know? But you,
0: <laughs> you yeah, you could, you could like say it's similar to someone that's kind of, kind of a beach bum that is yeah. like just out there catching waves right. and they're getting all this energy from the sun. Right. And they're, they have all these friends in this little community, but maybe not a huge purpose beyond right.
1: that yeah exactly funny you say that this last summer i was living on the beach in costa rica for two months yeah. just absolutely bumming it yeah <laughs> just i wanted a new experience that was going to push me out of my comfort zone yeah i wanted to brush up on my spanish like, uh-huh. i'm gonna go to costa rica yeah summer sales money allows <laughs> you to do that <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. you know and fortunately that's a world that i have left behind now. congrats by the that way that was thank you, yeah. thank you that was like that was like the last bit of that summer sales Mm. money, which would have been spent much better elsewhere. But (laughs) I was living on the beach in Costa Rica and I got really tight with a lot of the people from the UK and from like Scotland and Israel and Peru Mm -hmm. and Panama and um, a couple travelers met from the Philippines. Like you get really tight with those people, then it it is there. There's an emptiness that you Mm -hmm. start to feel and even though that life is all good all the time, I can honestly say it's never all great. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the difference. And that's what I started to realize towards the end of this faith crisis is I was happier on my mission. Mm -hmm. And when I got home from my mission, then I had ever been at any other point in life. And a lot of people don't understand that because it seems like such a daunting rite of passage to go serve a mission yeah and then come home and be strong in your faith and also take on all these adult responsibilities i i was never happier than that Mm -hmm. but this other joy i was finding was almost close to -hmm. making me as happy yeah but i was chasing that feeling and trying to find it in any way but having to commit myself back to being a member of an organized religion yeah 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 because when you experience freedom it's hard to want to go back to something that's structure binding. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But what you realize is not to be cliche, Mm -hmm. but that structure sets you free. Right. Right. So
0: much. Yeah. A lot of people that like leave organized religion, they talk about like being liberated and they were, you know, they were in this prison or whatever. But I think like you said, like a, a complete lack of structure is prison. Right. Is chaos. It is, you know,
1: it is not having something to work towards and look forward to mm-hmm. for me that is my own personal definition of hell yeah complacency is hell for me right um so towards the end of that year that i had drifted i started to slowly come back and like i'm going to be honest with you i'm not a huge fan of going to church every sunday sure <laughs> i i'm really not it's a battle that mm-hmm. i still have but I do it because it makes me happy and it makes me feel right with God yeah. and at this stage in the game having experienced the other side that's more important to me than anything else yeah so
0: and over- just and just like a million things in your life like doing the right thing is often like the less enjoyable thing absolutely <laughs> right but it brings it brings you joy later right right like I usually when i go to the gym i'm not stoked to be there yeah you know like yeah. but i know that when i'm done working out i feel good and i know that like even further down the road when i see results i'm going to feel really good right um but it's hard to have that mindset day in and day out because lifting heavy weights never sounds fun to me
1: absolutely you know yeah i i think there's an aspect of that that like our primal selves kind of crave yeah like an aspect of like Mm self-mastery or a challenge you know like can i be disciplined great like you get satisfaction from knowing that you master your own body yeah and then down the road you get all the benefits from doing the hard things that you did to master your body Mm -hmm. you know um so i think like i think a lot of what i've learned this last year and this is like this is the perspective that i enjoy sharing the most Mm because like that journey that kind of been sharing with you it it was really difficult and i don't think i realized the path i was on until i was on it yeah pretty far uh-huh. i was like crap dude like there's some things that need to change you know Yeah. Like, I'm,
0: I'm 10 miles down crystal road
1: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i felt like i was like walking from heaven like 10 miles towards hell mm, you know yeah which like that's pretty far yeah yeah So, um, I started to kind of pull myself out of that, um, had some really, really awesome mentors, like I said, within and without the faith Mm -hmm. that were great guides to me. Yeah. And, you know, today looking at hindsight's 2020, sure. You see everything through crystal glass, looking back on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that what I've realized today is essentially what you said. There's a lot of different things that make people happy. And there's no reason why you can't seek all the things that make mm. you truly happy. Yeah. The challenge is finding lasting happiness versus temporary happiness. Yeah. And with the gospel and being a Christian and embracing that faith and also embracing the realm of energy work and crystals <laughs> and all that, yeah. you know, I think that really like the nitty gritty of the conclusion that I've landed on is Everything is living in one way or another and created by God down to the dust of the earth onto the biggest creation that God made, whatever it might be. Yeah. Everything has a piece of him in it. Mm-hmm. And therefore everything has a piece of us in it. We share our makeup
0: with everything around us. Yeah. I, I like that idea of that interconnectedness. Right. Exactly. And, and I think sometimes you feel like when you're in like, like you're at say the grand Canyon uh-huh. Or, or you're in the Redwoods or yes. something. You feel something. Right. And I think a lot of people have a hard time pinpointing what that is. Yeah. Because it's just this, you know, this awe-inspiring view or, or whatever. Or even when you're outside and you see a sunset. Right. That is just like almost like overwhelmingly beautiful. Right. And you're like, what is this feeling? Like, uh-huh. why is it almost like emotional? Right. You know? And because can you explain it? as just oh it's beautiful Mm. um i guess but yeah it feels deeper and like like for instance if you see like like a car like a mclaren you see like a three million dollar car yeah you don't have that same feeling right right because it's so it's not natural Mm -hmm. um and maybe some people get emotional when they see a McLaren. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm a car guy. I don't. Right. Right. But. but I'm saying there's a difference. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a depth to it. And I like that idea that, yeah, there's, there's kind of divinity in everything uh-huh. and there's us in everything. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that really my favorite part about finding these stones on a spiritual note, mm-hmm. more than a, like. I like the treasure hunt, like I said earlier, because mm-hmm. I, re- I really, really like the treasure hunt. Yeah.
0: That's what I'm more like, cause I'm down to go on these treasure hunts with you. Yeah. Right. You know, cause I like, I like being out and like seeing new places and kind of exploring. Yeah. And I'm like, if we find rocks dope,
1: the trip to Jacob city <laughs> was a great example. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I think on, on a spiritual note, I think one of the coolest things about finding these rocks and, um, with any, any creation, any kind of nature, any kind of interconnectedness perspective you get, but with the rocks in specific, for me, I realized that as I'm pulling these things from the earth, the last fingers that touch this were the creators. Hmm. And I think that's a really unique thing to find out in the desert, away from everyone where it already is kind of that sacred, beautiful experience. And then yeah. to hold these things in your hands that haven't been unearthed for Millions or billions of years. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think looking around at everything and having the Christian background of the creation mm-hmm. and of God as our Father in heaven, of Jesus Christ as his Son, and them creating us and them creating the rest of the world, you do feel that interconnectedness. Mm, yeah. And for me personally, I think that without the background of my faith and with Christianity, I don't think I would believe in. The realm of energy work or crystals as much as I do. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like those things have to go together to make sense. Yeah. And it wasn't always that way, but over the last year, that's really the perspective that, like, that seed was planted, Mm -hmm. and now that's the seed that's blossomed and taken over my mind. And I now understand that relationship between us and the world around us a little bit better. Yeah,
0: that's so cool because I feel like most people. Their viewpoint is the opposite. Is like, either you know, as one grows, the other diminishes. Right. You know, but, but for you, you know, your knowledge of one, just increases your knowledge of the other. Hundred percent. And and I've heard similar things from like, um, certain, like, scientists that are also religious. You know, they they say as they learn more about science, their belief in God is strengthened. And as they learn more about God and theology, their belief in science is strengthened. Right. And, and I like that because I feel like that's more of an open-minded viewpoint and, and a less arrogant one than like, Oh, as, as I learn more about this, anything else is false. Uh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, that almost gives me a, a new perspective on, um, I don't know, just why, when you're out there in the wilderness or you're out there in nature, why you kind of feel that feeling, uh-huh. you know? Um, there's, this, there's this, one of my favorite books, it's a novel, and the first chapter, it's just like two pages, and the guy's just explaining, he's just describing this, like, Midwestern, like, area, and he's saying, like, he's, like, listing off all these, like, types of, weeds and grasses and he's like he's like there was there was ragweed and oxbrow and he's like he's like naming off all these weeds and then he's like saying like there were mosquitoes and there were cockroaches and he's naming off all these like living things and he's like and then there were sunflowers and two of them had their heads kind of bowed and he was just describing the land like to incredible detail he's describing the clouds and then the last line he says we are all of us brothers mm. and i just thought it was cool cuz it it almost seems like what is like, brotherhood have to do with, like, this field in, in Iowa. <laughs> right. But it was this idea of interconnectedness. Absolutely. And this idea that we all experience things through the same source. Mm. So, I don't know. It was cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to make a, a subject change. Please, yeah. Okay. Sorry, that was such a great dude. <laughs> no, you're good, dude. That's <laughs> that's really cool because I um, – I feel like I may maybe over overly skeptical w- mm. with people that are kind of nuts about, um, crystals or tarot cards or yeah, energy yeah. and chakras and stuff. Absolutely. Um, but obviously I don't understand it a lot. And I think some of my skepticism comes from feeling like that's their way of their escape from organized religion. Right. And maybe it is. Um, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, Cool. Um, I wanted to ask you, what what is the thing in life that, like, worries you the most? The thing that you, like, <laughs> that causes you the most anxiety or worry or is just on your mind when you go to bed? Um, I know there's there's a few things for me, but, yeah, what's something that's just kind of a constant, something you're kind of wrestling with? A
1: deep question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you Kind of just like pulled that out of nowhere. I know. <laughs> the thing that worries well, me. Well,
0: you've proved so that you're a deep man, so I'm. I'm glad I passed the test.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, I I don't know if this is like the stereotypical.
0: I'm asking you because you do seem not to be somebody that doesn't worry a lot, right? That yeah, is right. that is very like very chill and very at peace with things and not one to overthink or be overly stressed but we all we all feel these things right
1: yeah no i i feel really i feel really really blessed to be able to find a silver lining in almost any situation almost sure like there's some things that get me you know but uh yeah. I, I definitely, I don't take that for granted. I know, I know God's got my back with that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause I really, I really do feel like I can stay positive most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is a stereotypical answer or, or not. Um, I feel like it's something that's talked about among guys and men yeah. a lot. I feel like the two people i respect the absolute most in my life are my mom and dad yeah in so many different ways Mm -hmm. um i i i could go on and on and on for hours about all the things that i love and respect about them yeah um and i feel like having grown up with those caliber people as my caretakers and my examples I feel an extreme weight of wanting to reciprocate that to my kids in the future Mm -hmm. Or to pass that forward. Yeah. Yeah um And there's a lot of times that I worry about The potential that I have to Be a father like my father Mm -hmm. was. Yeah as well as like to Find someone that's going to Love them as much as my mom loved me. Yeah. Yeah um, so there's that. And then there's also like a lot actually lately, um, man, like money is the root of all evil. I talked <laughs> yeah, about it yeah. earlier. And I wish it wasn't that way, but I feel extremely worried often about being able to, when I do have a wife, when that person is, In my life forever, Mm -hmm. whoever it might be, I worry about being able to provide the things for them that I feel they deserve. Yeah. I. Because
0: it's easy as a single guy. Like,
1: dude, I have my truck and my tent and my rocks. (laughs) I'm like, I'm good. Maybe like adding a dog there (laughs) would be a, a positive, you know?
0: Well, I'm just saying, as a single guy, you can get away with being really poor. Yeah. And. Even if it sucks or it's frustrating, you're like, well, it's not affecting anybody else. Exactly. You know, my rent's paid, whatever. I got food, whatever.
1: Can hang with the boys. And sure. <laughs> yeah. Have barbecue nights and whatnot. Yeah. That's all, that's all, that, that's all that brings me happiness. Yeah, that's you all know? you really want. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I, I worry deeply about being able to um, give my future wife the life and experiences that I feel like she deserves. Yeah. And, um, I tend to fall very, very deeply for people. We've had plenty of conversations about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like um, the women in my life have all been such incredible, selfless, caring examples of what I want in my future person. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not 100% sure who that is yet, but yeah. she deserves the absolute world. Right. And I stress about giving that to her. Yeah, yeah. So... Those are the two things. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Being those good are. Being a father to my kids and being a good husband to my yeah, wife.
0: <laughs> those are legitimate concerns. Um,
1: I hope that's not too cliche. No, no,
0: no. I I mean, they're cliche for a reason, right? They're. Right. I, I think everybody thinks about those things. And uh, yeah, I've gone back and forth as, as a creative person. You know, there's, I think, as a creative person or free spirit, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. yeah. I think there's part of you that almost wants to rebel against the norm and be like well, i don't i don't need all these material things i don't need money to be happy and you know you, you go to india and you see these, these deep deep poverty and these people are pretty darn happy right mm-hmm. but i will argue that if these people in the depths of poverty came to america for a few years and and made 60 70 grand a year and had to go back to that poverty they'd be very depressed. Right. You know. Yeah. And so it's about what you're used to and you know the people around you cuz it sucks if you're the poorest person in your friend group right. or the poorest person in your family. Yeah. It it sucks and and it feels um you know it's it's different than like crippling poverty in the third world. You know, you can't even really compare it but it it's like you feel Like less than, Uh you know, and you don't want to be the person that's like, hey, that's cool that you guys want to go celebrate at this restaurant, but that's pretty pricey for me. Right. (laughs) You know, and, and you don't need to be like, uh, what I'm saying is it's such a balance because I'm of the camp that, yeah, you don't need money to make you happy, Uh but a certain level of financial security will eliminate a lot of stress and we'll eliminate a lot of oh gosh, I don't know if we can do that. Like that's going to if we want to do that it's it's going to be a burden. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and if we want to go to Madagascar and find some wild stones, right. it's going to cost a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you can be a free spirit all you want, but if you want to go to Madagascar and and get weird, it costs, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean it doesn't cost you anything to get weird in Madagascar sure but you but gotta get, get there, there somehow <laughs> yeah
0: um so so yeah but um because yeah like I said I've gone back and forth where I think it's almost easy to romanticize this idea of like being like the starving artist and like just finding meaning and purpose in your work and your art and your creativity but it's like that isn't going to buy your kids Nikes. No. <laughs> you know? No, not and all. It's
1: not going to buy your wife a house. Right. And
0: I'm not saying that Nikes equates to happiness. Or a house. Sure. But like, I also don't want my kid to be the only one in his grade that has to wear Payless shoes. Right. You know? Nothing wrong with Payless. No. I actually worked at Payless. That's awesome. Little known fact.
1: That's some good, uh, <laughs> that's some golden church history. right. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not last long, but... I had a real problem with telling people about the uh, the discounts that were going on. I just I just hated bugging people that were walking into the store. Yeah, You know, like you walk in because it was in a mall. Yeah. People walk in and we're supposed to be like, hey, how are you doing? Just so you know, we're having a buy one, get one free. And we're having this sale and this sale and this sale. And 98% of people are like, okay, like I'm just going to look for shoes. Thanks. Yeah. Stop selling me. And so I just wouldn't do it. Right. You know, I would just be like, hey, guys. And so my bosses got on me, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And then I wouldn't. Yeah. And so they they let me go mm. at a certain stage. I think I was, like, 22 gotcha. or 23. Yeah. But
1: it sounds like they saved you a, <laughs> quite a bit of uh struggle there.
0: Well, I could have had a, a, a burgeoning career in, in shoe sales. You could. And I threw it all away.
1: I feel like I could definitely see you, like, Slinging Chelsea boots.
0: <laughs> oh, I could sling a nice boot, but um,
1: You're getting getting back to what you said, um, that's actually a really interesting conversation I had with someone down in Costa Rica over mm-hmm. the summer. Um, we had rented a car, and there was a little crew of us going. You um, remember we were, we were driving across the country. We we're okay, so we had started on the west coast, kind of like bummed our way up, took the bus hitchhiked like made our way all the way up from the southwest coast to the uh to the northwest coast mm-hmm. we had rented a car to drive across to the caribbean side yeah and those are like it's an eight-hour drive mm-hmm. it's time for some deep conversations yeah you know us dude. oh yeah we take our opportunities to have deep convos <laughs> and we can get them yeah and i was talking to um this girl and she was like man like I was telling you about my mission and whatnot and she was like i would just love Like, I would love to just be a rice farmer in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. That pissed me off, dude. I was like, like, what? She's like, I would love to be a rice farmer in the Philippines. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I was like, 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 say it one more time. (laughs) Like, I dare you, you know, like getting mad for no reason. Because it's just a difference of perspective. But what I think it came down to in the conversation that we had is like, you can absolutely be stoked as a rice farmer in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. If you always had the safety net of coming back to the comforts that you know. Yeah, here. yeah, exactly. I am fine to go live in a commune in Mexico and farm and fish and yeah. do my thing for two months. And when I'm ready to come home, it's a uh, very take it for granted for pleasure to know that I can just book a flight and come home. Mm-hmm. Same thing when I was in the Philippines. Same thing when I was down in Costa Rica. Bumming it on the beach was sick until it wasn't. Yeah. And
0: well, you also know with your skill set and the people you know, say you come back from, like, like say you go to Vietnam for six months and you're out there in the rice paddies and you're getting after it Yeah, and you're finding yourself. Absolutely. And then you come back to America and you have $0 in your bank account. Right. You also know if you want, you can maybe go sell some alarms for a few months and you can maybe – um. I don't know, get, get a sales job here or there right. and make a few grand pretty quick Yeah. and you're back to the American dream. Absolutely. Right.
1: Well, even, even down there too, with, with my jewelry company, mm-hmm. the last two weeks, cause we, we had just gone down there. We didn't know when we were coming home. Yeah. And the last two weeks, we basically were able to stay those extra weeks because we were just Making jewelry and selling it, yeah, like alongside the locals, yeah, yeah, and it was like it was sick, yeah. But that, like you're saying, it's a skill set. Mm-hmm. It's the comfort of the network. You have this. If that safety net isn't money, mm-hmm. maybe it's the people in your life. Sure. Maybe it's a college degree. Yeah. You have a safety net back home, mm-hmm. and that is what allows you to enjoy those experiences you have with less. Yeah. Because if less was all you knew, you would want to get the heck out of there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because
0: you would have zero opportunity for upward mobility. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I'm all about, dude, during the summertime, you know what I do? I'm living out of my tent on the back of my truck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I'm bumming it in the desert looking for rocks, hiking, Mm -hmm. backpacking, whatever it is, like going on the river, whatever it is. I'm fine with that kind of life. Yeah. As soon as I get tired of it, I can go back to my apartment and Mm -hmm. take a hot shower and do what I want to do. And that's why Mm -hmm. I enjoy those things. Yeah, you can get
0: a Little Caesars.
1: Exactly. (laughs) That's what it comes back to. The most slept on pizza (laughs) in the world, dude.
0: Okay, here's my take on Little Caesars. Okay. Everyone listen. (sighs) Everyone tune in. We could do a whole episode on just pizza. But Little Caesars tastes really good when you haven't had pizza of any sort. For a little while. Yeah. And so you go to Little Caesars, you pay five bucks, it's hot, it's ready.
1: Right. As one should, I mean, as pizza should be.
0: Sure. (laughs) Um, However, you throw that little Caesar's in the fridge, Mm. decide to have a slice the next day, you're going to have some real regrets. Yeah. And you're going to wonder if it's pizza anymore Mm. or has it morphed into some sort of Cardboard,
1: like a cracker,
0: dude. Yeah, like a cracker that no longer has any traces from Italy. Okay, fair you know. Right. Fair. Um, yeah. Also, if you're listening, the way to go is to get the extra most bestest at Little Caesars. I couldn't agree with. Which is just extra point. cheese, extra pepperonis, right? Because the original is fine. It's hot. It's ready. Right. But it's real it's bare minimum pizza. Absolutely. You know. But if you're yearning for a for a pie and all you have in your pocket is a few bucks, that's the way to go. It'll do the trick. But I tell you once you've tasted of a higher source of pizza, it's hard to hard to say like, "Oh, we should go get Little Caesars" right. when you know there's some New York style pizza somewhere that really treats you right. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. publish it abroad. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I remember I was in New York City, and we ate at this real, this like famous pizzeria. It was called I think it was called like Luciano's or something. Like,
1: sounds sound like like sounds like that kind of.
0: Place. It was like in Brooklyn, and there was like f- seven tables in there, like really small, like lying out the door, and it was amazing. Yeah. And afterwards, my buddy's like bro i don't think we can eat little caesars anymore knowing what we know <laughs> like we had <laughs> we had just we had been to the mountaintop you found the holy grail found bro. the holy grail and then i went to italy and had like legitimate italian pizza huh. and i felt the same way but then you know you get back to the states you soften up a little yeah and someone orders a little caesars and it's you know Sounds good.
1: You're not not going to take a piece of no, Little Caesars no, no, if it's offered No, to
0: you. like, listen, I consider myself a bit of a pizza connoisseur, uh-huh. but I'm not a pizza snob. Fair. Kay? Okay, fair. Because if someone is going to make, if someone's bringing a Little Caesars over, I'm going to have some. Absolutely. I'm not an animal. Right. You know? Right. But if it's up to me and I have a few extra dollars in my bank account, we're going somewhere else. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, but like it's like, I don't know. I don't. You should never be above a PB and J. No. Even if you've had the best sandwiches that are out there.
1: Absolutely. But that um, was a great. That was a great comparison.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was
1: yeah. a great like cross food platform. Comparison. Right. 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 <laughs> um.
0: Okay, a couple more questions that kay. aren't related. If you could live, um. If you could live forever while everyone else has a normal mortal existence, would you or would you tap out and say like "Catch me at one fifty or two hundred and then i'm I'm done or would you would you take on that challenge if it was offered to you the elixir of youth would you take it?
1: That's a rough dude. I feel like that's the hardest question you've asked me. <laughs> um dude i i feel like i'm one of those people that there's so many things that i want to experience Mm -hmm. that i genuinely feel like life is too short yeah yeah every single day i wake up like i have things that i need to do Mm -hmm. because like dude tomorrow is not promised yeah the next day is not like you don't know where you're gonna be a year from now let alone like don't know where you're going to be in 24 hours from now yeah so many things can change Mm -hmm. I think if I had the guaranteed option of living forever Mm -hmm. I feel like I would take it yeah because there's enough experiences there's enough things I want to see places I want to visit activities I want to do yeah that like my 80 to 100 something years that I am kind of somewhat given here yeah hopefully knock on wood Uh right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) come on um that doesn't seem like near enough time yeah
0: for me to do everything i want to do right right so but you you outlive everybody so it could be very lonely
1: i i get that
0: that would be super lonely listen i think i agree with you though okay i think i would opt for immortality yeah yeah (laughs) um And I, and I think a lot of people wouldn't because, um, for, for a lot of reasons, but like you, I, if, if I was given the gift of immortality, I'd be like, okay, I a hundred percent, am going to visit every country like, and then I'm going to go back to every place I really liked. Absolutely. And then I'm going to go to new cities in each country that I haven't been to. Like I'm going to see the whole freaking world. Yeah. And I'm also going to read every book I want to that I know I don't have time for. Right. You know what I did the other day? I sat down and did the math and was like, okay, I've read X amount of books in my life. Uh Uh-huh. Because I've written them. I'm pretty religious about writing them down. Good. I was like, how many, if I keep this pace, how many books will I read for the rest of my life? you know do I have 200 more books in my life do I have a thousand do I have 10,000 right I was like I want to know because sometimes like I love reading and it's really important to me but sometimes I get in little droughts Uh where I'm just not reading as much as I'd like to and or I'm like I'm reading 15 minutes a night but I'm watching an hour and a half of Netflix Um, which is also which isn't my fault which isn't really my fault because they're making really good shows right Um,
1: Netflix has like Stepped up their game exponentially over right. the last Espe- year.
0: Yeah, sure. yeah. Since COVID, since people stopped going to the movies as much, the series are just they're to die for and there's not much I can do about that. Right. But
1: or to not die for. Right. <laughs> to live forever for. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so keep going. <laughs> the books. But
0: um but yeah, I I decided, okay. I think I think it's reasonable with how much I read the average amount of books I read per year, it's reasonable for me to read a thousand more books before I die, hmm. which is a lot, Yeah, right? And but you
1: got to prioritize some of the right, books you're reading. Right, dude. and so
0: what I decided to do was to make a list, and and it's very like, I have like 20 or 30 on the list, but right. I was like, I'm going to make a list of books I need to read before I die, kind of a, a reading bucket list. Yeah. But I'm always going to be adding to it Right. So I want to be, when I'm like 95 and feeling good, feeling spry. Right. I want to be like, okay, I got 900 books read. Hopefully, you know, maybe I have a year left, maybe I have 10 years left, but I got to get these, there's 50 books on my list of books I need to read before I die. Yeah. So to me, I've, I've tried to put some urgency on at least that tiny category of my life. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that at least is something that's very controllable, you know, like I want to travel all over, but there's a lot more that goes into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's something I think about a lot.
1: That's really interesting. I feel like that's like, that's a really cool, like purpose driven goal to have. Yeah. Cause personally I'm, I'm not a good reader. Mm -hmm. That's actually one of like the four, uh, new year's resolutions i made mm. was like this year i want to i by the way hate new year's resolutions yeah, yeah. I and mean, if people want to change they should change whenever it is <laughs> right. you know? yeah, yeah. so like i don't throw that out lightly mm-hmm. that was one of my things like i want to read more because i feel like with reading there's a lot more attached to reading a book yeah especially depending on what kind of book yeah it is you know
0: yeah here's my take on new year's resolutions because i agree i think it's a little. More hot takes, everyone. (laughs) Get ready. I think they're a little silly and a little arbitrary. Like, yeah, why does it need to be January when you start? Right. But I do find value in looking back on your year and saying, okay, this is what I accomplished in the last 365 days. 100%. Right. And so what I like to do is I have running totals, things that are very quantifiable, like, okay, in 2022. I read this many books. I, um, you know, I went to, to the temple this many times. I went to, the, I visited this many countries or, or whatever for me is something I want to accomplish. Um, I did this many podcast episodes. And then I compare when I'm doing my New Year's resolutions. I just say, okay, this year I want to beat last year. Right. That's my benchmark. And if last year was an all-time great year, then I'm like, well, I, I read like crazy last year. That might be a hard record to beat. Right. Then let me try to beat another category. Uh huh. And let me try to get. I'm just looking to get PRs in my life. Right. You know, in in any and every category.
1: Well, it's awesome. I feel like that's a step. Those are stepping stones to looking back and not having regrets. Yeah. Yeah. So I respect that yeah. big time.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Um. Okay, dude. This brings us to the last and final question. Okay. <laughs>
1: knock my socks off this here.
0: could be the hardest one yet oh boy um no this is a question i ask um most of my guests and the question is if you had one question for me like this is it this is our last conversation on earth and you gotta you gotta elicit some truth or wisdom or inquiry from me what are you what are you asking you're now the podcast host i'm the podcast yeah host. congrats we switch hats and we cannot <laughs> unfortunately
1: um there's a lot of things that i would love to ask you. <laughs> and that's what's funny is i feel like every time we're together i feel like you're one of very very few people that i leave feeling very enlightened after a conversation with whether it's because i gained knowledge from you or just had an actual like deep conversation with someone that i enjoy being around like i don't know what it is but like i feel like there's a lot of things i would love to ask you um what is the one thing that you did or accomplished or what is the one thing that you did for yourself you didn't do for anyone else Mm -hmm. that you're most proud of
0: Oh, wow. For myself. Um,
1: so we do a lot of things for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but there's a handful of things that you've done for yourself. Right. And I want to know what the one thing is that you look back on. You're like, I am so glad that I did that. Hmm.
0: That's a really good question. Cause a lot of things I'm really proud of. Um, I maybe did for myself, but kind of also did for other people, right? right? Um, A lot of like my artistic endeavors, you could put under that category, you know, like my first book, even though it's not, I don't think it's my best work by far, it was something I was so incredibly proud of because I finally did it, I finished it, but it was very much for other people to read, right? Right, And very much. um,
1: Writing a book is super selfless.
0: Yeah, yeah, in in a way, right? Um cuz it's very cathartic and it's very much for me, but I'm also like how are people going to view this and how is it going to be received? And um yeah, a lot of, a little bit of it is, you know, I I want some attention and I want some um some validation, right? right? So, let me try to dig a little bit deeper. Um i think I think over the years i've I've come to a place of um, a place of security and confidence with myself that took a long time to achieve um, and I don't know if it just takes time or if. There was a lot of certain things that went into it, but I'm at a state in my life where I of course care what people think, but I don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I care what you think because you're my friend, right. and I care about your opinion, but I'm not thinking I need to wear this hoodie because hopefully Zach likes it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um and I used to. I was all you know. I was never a shy kid or an uncomfortable, awkward kid. But when I look back at my younger years, I I remember um, just worrying about what people think way too much. Hmm. And somehow, some way, I I got to this state where um, it's pretty hard for me to like worry about what outsiders think. Yeah. And I'm just kind of focused on what I'm doing. And I want to, and I say that, but what I really want is I want to be the type of person that people feel comfortable um, unloading their problems to. People feel comfortable telling their secrets to. People feel comfortable asking for things from me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like you can't get to that place unless you're really set with yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, it's been an evolution, so it's hard to pinpoint exactly when that happened. And maybe it's just maturity of years, but, um, I think it's, it's taken a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of self-talk in the right directions. Um, and maybe that's just the narrative I tell myself, maybe I'm not that secure. Maybe I'm not that confident, but, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what I think.
1: I love that. <laughs> Thanks for the answer. <laughs> yeah. It's inspiring.
0: I'm not I I kind of feel like I just talked in circles and didn't actually say anything, but I maybe I said a, a few things.
1: No, I think um I think of all the people I've asked that question to, that was definitely one of the most like self reflective answers mm. I've gotten. A lot of people are like I bought my dream car <laughs> yeah. or like I went on this trip. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. those are great things. Those mean a lot to some people, but mm-hmm. I, you know how I am. I'm, yeah, a, yeah. I'm after that internal work, self work, yeah. like yeah, self betterment type stuff. And I thought that was like,
0: that was awesome. Thanks man. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like when you talk about like doing something for yourself, yeah. um, to me, a lot of things that I want to do for myself Are things that are going to affect other people, Hmm. and because that's ultimately what I care about. Like, there's a lot of moments of selfishness when you're kind of, especially when you're in a bad spot. You, it's hard to think about anybody else, right? right? When you're in a bad headspace, when you just got, you know, broken up with, or you're somebody you know is sick or hurting, it's kind of hard to think about anybody but yourself, but. Really what brings me joy is spreading joy. Mm. Um and it's it's annoying that when I'm in a bad headspace I can't freaking remember that. Right. You know, I just right. want I just want to listen to sad songs and and, and be pitied. Yeah. But it's almost it's almost addictive. Uh that that feeling of self pity and feeling like oh, my life is hard or I don't deserve this. It's almost an addictive feeling that I think people chase. But I I wish in those moments I could remember more readily that the the real joy I feel is when I'm helping other people mm. and when I'm a resource to other people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of people in your close circle would say that you do a pretty good job of that too.
0: Well, hopefully. But uh Yeah. I appreciate that. Of course. Well, Zach, you're the man. You're the man. (laughs) Thanks for
1: having me on. Yeah,
0: dude. I'm, I'm glad we finally did this. Um, we, uh, we went, we went geode hunting and it was one of the funnest things I've ever done. And I I hope we have more adventures. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Just wait for the snow to melt.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My guy. Well, everyone that's listening, I appreciate you. Um, this is of stone and clay. Um, Zach, do you want to um, tell people where they can find your jewelry and your gems? You've got a little...
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Give a little plug.
1: So you can find my personal account on Instagram.
0: Because I will say I have a necklace that you made for me that I wear almost every single day. Really? I'm just not wearing it right now because I take it off when I'm playing basketball. Fair, okay. And I had a game (laughs) yesterday. Um, but I love it. It's that, it's that white and green stone. Yeah. Yeah. What's that called?
1: The, uh, Prenite.
0: Prenite. Uh-huh. Okay. I love that one. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good on you. Yeah. Well, yeah, it match. It, it goes with my eyes. It does go with your eyes. <laughs> Compliments yeah. the mustache too in yeah, some, some no, way. it does.
1: Uh, no, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, the personal, I'm hoping I'll get tagged here somewhere in my yeah, name yeah. is just Zach Burkhardt. Um, and then the link to my um, jewelry energy work page is um in my bio and that's centered dash stones. Okay, awesome. So centered dash stones.
0: Yeah, we'll put we'll put those in, in the show notes so people can find you. But um it's really cool. I I mostly like I just like wearing necklaces. Yeah. Um, I'm not into like rings and and all that stuff, but he's got a lot of really cool stuff. And it's cool because um, like you said, like you mine it all yourself. I do. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just cool because sometimes like, I don't know, you buy jewelry in the store and you're like, is this even like, is this, is this maybe plastic right. even? Like, I don't know. Like I don't, it seems like maybe it's stone, but right for all I know, it's just really hard plastic. <laughs>
1: no. Yeah. No. The, the goal eventually is to every piece I sell is to give someone a QR code or a YouTube link where they can watch
0: how you found it that that's stone cool that they're wearing yeah. get
1: pulled out of the ground that's really cool so it's in the works i've been able to do it with a few people cool but yeah, awesome yeah. just to prove that it's not plastic yeah 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 and i have to say taylor pulls off necklaces better
0: than <laughs>
1: most guys <you> know, so <laughs> good to know good to know
0: <laughs> okay well we will catch you next time